Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is West Africa Weekly, a live series brought to you by Riglinks and RV Coronara, where we talk about oil and gas news, projects, and developments that you can sink your teeth into. Here are your hosts, Greg and Arvi. Hey there, Arvi. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good, good. Where in the world are you these days? Right, so I'm currently in Angola. So yeah, it's been a it's been a, a little while since we've uh, since we last spoke there, Arby. Yeah, it feels it feels like forever. I think we've got so much to catch up on. I don't really know where to start. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. Uh, yeah, we we certainly do have uh, quite a bit to talk about. It seems like the uh, this list of uh, MOUs just go up, goes on and on, but um, so. Like our typical show here, we'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, oil prices just for a bit, and we'll talk about uh, Nigeria and uh, Morocco's MOUs, and a uh, quick catch up on Recon Africa and their stuff in uh, Namibia, then uh, Chariots MOU in Morocco and um, Nigeria and uh, EG's MOU. Um, so, yeah, there seems to be quite a bit of MOUs in there as well as Morocco in there. Good. So we like Morocco, so we're happy to talk about Morocco all day, every day. So it's great. I agree. Welcome to the show, everyone. All right. So for our um, oil prices, that is uh, $63.07.08 on the WTI. And for our Brent, it looks like $66.40. So a bit of ups and downs over this last week or so. Not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of change since the uh, OPEC's last meeting. So I um, I think it'll probably hang in there a little, maybe a couple of dollars higher back down where it's at. But I don't see a I don't see a whole lot of drastic change happening in it over the next week or so. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um... I think we probably let's see what happens when the COVID world of things, because I'm thinking that as soon as travel starts to resume, we'll see definitely see a hike in the oil price as well. Um, I think, um, for, especially in London, I think they're looking at flights and travel to be resumed by July, August time, like April. Um, yeah, May, June, July is when they're looking at um, getting back to some sort of a, a normality. Um, from London. So I'm thinking that will definitely impact, as you know, the operational side of things for the oil and gas price. So let's see what happens. Oh, oh, it definitely impacts it. The, um, the, all the traveling that hasn't been taking place. Yeah. It's uh, the other part about it is like the, is like the, the, the information that's, um, it's in the consumer reports, you know, and kind of like is we were, Ryan and I was talking last week, how some of the stuff with the EIA reports seem to be not as 
strong as some of the other reports. So I guess it's all about what you're, you know, what you're reading and what you're looking at and how you, and what's the spin on it, you know? Sure. You're absolutely right. Hey, everyone. We've got, uh, yeah, so there's Brazil and uh, EG, um, Algiers, uh, Ecuador. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. All right. So our first one up here is going to be Nigeria and um, Morocco's uh, MOU. So, um, yeah, Nigeria and Morocco signed five memoranda of understanding with parties, including OCP Group. Uh, the Nigeria Sovereign Investment Authority, and the Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation. Um, the agreements will strengthen the bilateral relationship between the two countries and foster development in the areas of agriculture, hydrocarbons, and commerce. So, Arby, what's, uh, what's your thoughts here on this one? I think my thoughts are, I think... It's really interesting how the emphasis is now um, over the last kind of couple of months at the beginning of the year has been in Morocco. Um, and I think Morocco has always been a hot spot for the energy sector, especially with its um, largest solar um, field plant um, that was issued, um, kind of commissioned a couple of years back, about two, three years back. So I think it's interesting now how the rest of kind of the African continent is looking at Morocco, um, you know, it being well positioned in the north of, of Africa. Um, and also, you know, there's long standing government relationships and trade relationships with Morocco as well. Um, so I'm really um I'm interested in 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 seeing which MOU will be executed first mm. because definitely that will have a ricochet effect on what happens in country for Nigeria as well. So I think it's a great time for, for Nigeria and Morocco to start looking at um, business ties. Um, but I guess for me on the operational side of things, um, it, it I'm, I'm in, as I said before, I'm a bit. I haven't given you a direct response just yet to answer this question because I'm I'm yet a no, bit. Okay. Uh, I think I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting take because I mean they yeah. even. I mean, they even have they even have agriculture in there as well. So exactly. So it's interesting to see what what phase of development will come first is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Barry from Madrid. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I agree. I, but I, what it shows is it shows that countries are willing to. Hey, we've got some people in here from Morocco. Fantastic. Um, um, it's willing to show that the countries are are want they want to work together to you know to better each other. So that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree, Greg. So this next one, Arby, we've talked about Recon Africa quite a bit. Um, I think we've talked uh, about them twice. But yeah. um, Recon Africa, for anybody that's uh, been keeping up with it, that's Reconnaissance Energy Africa. Um, so this is their recent uh, update on its drilling program in the. Kavango Sedimentary Basin in the Kalahari Desert of Northeast Namibia. So um, there was a report that came out, and I think we talked about it two weeks ago, Arby, that uh, that this, uh, this this basin was one of the largest, most unexplored basins in the world. And so um, as previously announced on January 11th, the company commenced drilling operations on the first well of the initial three-well program to evaluate potential hydrocarbon systems in one of the five major sub-basins of the larger, more laterally extensive deep Kavango Basin. So 
Um, how do you see these guys progressing? We've talked a bit about them, so it seems they're working there, working their uh, working away there out in the middle of nowhere, and looks like they're expecting some some huge returns. So, I mean, the, uh, the world I, looks like they're kind of watching what they're doing. So exactly, and I agree with you, Greg. And we spoke about this a couple of weeks back, and, and after why we'd spoken, I did some research on recon, and what's really interesting about them is they're quite at grassroots level their operations. Um, so what I mean by that is if you have a look on their website, they're really encouraging by, I think it's like a local content um, and um, local workforce um, on the operational side, including the drilling side of things. So I think what's really interesting is that they've taken their time to obviously capitalize and monopolize on the area that they're in. Um, so I'd be really interested to see what happens for them for the end of the year. But um, we do know that they're making headway in country and also... I think that the um, their, their, their in-country support um, is quite substantial. Um, and I think a lot of that has got to do with the fact that they've got such a big local content quota for their workforce. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. And they're and you know, they're in a, they're in an area where um, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of easy ways in and out either. So they're just out there rubbing it, you know, like back in the fifties. Yeah, it's a, it's not an easy, it's a hardship location, that's for certain. Yeah. All right, um, we'll talk about uh, our next one here. This is uh, Chariot. Um, yeah, this is uh, Chariot Oil and Gas assigned a, uh, MOU along with its partner, the uh, Office, uh, Office National um, Hydrocarbons uh, Data Mines with the Ministry of Industry trade and green and digital economy in Morocco. I like how they threw all that together. It makes it sound awesome. But the uh, MOU relates to the ministry's support of chariots and um, O'Neill's uh, Ancos uh, gas development project is a potential provider of significant gas for the, um, the Moroccan gas market. So RV back at uh, Morocco seems there's some moves taking place and like we chatted on the uh, last show or the one before it looks like they're moving to a world stage with some of the uh, some of the stuff that they're doing yeah and i also think what's really important to for what i found with morocco especially is the is the kind of uh, is the welcoming of the actual business framework agreements that they have in place so they're very welcoming um when it comes to the international stage of development um and especially for the energy sector so i think that has also helped initiate the kind of workflow that enters Morocco as well. Um, so the framework agreements, I know there's a couple of companies from London um, that looked at some LNG development a couple of years back. Um, and, and when you're looking at domestic gas prospects in the region, it also helps if you've got a very strong local partner as well. Um, so again, I'm very, um, I'm, 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 all, I'm all for what's happening in Morocco right now. And I'm, it's a shame we usually go um, as a family to holiday there every year. So it's a shame I haven't been able to go there this year, but um, let's see what happens. I mean, so that's, so that's, um, you know, Nigeria, Morocco, which are talking about agriculture, hydrocarbon and commerce. And here is um, another one talking about uh, digital um, oil and gas, uh, gas development as well as um, what else was in there? Oh yeah. Oh, trade and, and green economy. So, Looks like the looks like they're making a run completely across the stage there. Yeah, and I think, as I said before, I think it's a 
I, I think it's I think for the rest of the African um, continent, Morocco is strategically well positioned. It being in the north, their framework agreements being in good stead order. You know, they're not new to energy. Um, they have very good um, unilateral bilateral trade agreements with a lot of countries. So I think this is going to be a really good big play for Chariot, um, especially um, to support the domestic gas uh, commercialization anyway. Well, what do you think about like uh, with especially kind of like what we're talking about here with the amount of MOUs that we have, do we see the um, reluctance of some of, not say reluctance, but some of the the international oil companies kind of pulling back from um, more international work and trying to focus on domestically? Um, do you see the opportunity take like a chariot oil and gas where, you know, they see it like this and then the countries that they want to be in, support obviously are going to support development in the you know in their countries but um do you see these iocs pulling back as an opportunity for these uh smaller more regional companies i i think i think with any large super major major ioc it's always about overheads for them you know and these guys you know it's, it's, they're used to very large um large project focus um, base mentality, which is what I've seen here, um, especially in West Africa and in Angola. So when a small mid-tier company like Chariots and all these mid-tier companies come along, they're able to manoeuvre differently than I suppose the IOCs and, and the large super majors. Um, you know, they tend to have very small shareholdings, their operational capacity is very small. Um, they're able to disperse with, with finance at a very um, fast pace. And very I think nimble. there's there's something Absolutely. And I think there's I think there's something to be said about that. I think the bigger the giant, you know, the super majors are fantastic at what they do. But when it when they look at projects like this, perhaps it doesn't fit their scope of work. Perhaps it's too small. Perhaps they're looking at a, a larger, further afield uh, project. But I, I think there's always going to be appetite for smaller mid tier companies to pick up projects like this. I want there to always be appetite for that. Yeah. Me too. That's, that's I'm all for the small guy. That's it. That's it. I, I am. Good. All right. This uh, this next one we'll go to um, is our. Um, this is Nigeria and EG sign an MOU for more hydrocarbon opportunities. So, um, the uh, Ministry of Mines and Hydrocarbon of EG met with. Um, Minister of Petroleum Resources of Nigeria at the Presidential Palace in Malabo, intending to strengthen bilateral relations between the two countries. The meeting included a signing of an MOU, which will consolidate new opportunities for the hydrocarbon sector for both countries and allow the counterparts to collaborate on maritime uh, sorry maritime piracy protection strategies as security remains a major concern for energy infrastructure with attacks reaching record highs in the Gulf of Guinea. So it looks like um, Nigeria has been busy over the last few weeks as well. Yeah, I think um, what's interesting about this conversation and this MOU is the fact that it's a perfect example of how, how Nigeria in the oil and gas sector is actually sharing its kind of experience um, globally with other new oil producing countries, especially on the piracy side of things and the offshore development. There's a lot of 
a kind of technical, um, just technical know-how um, that's been conducted in Nigeria, which a lot of people, you know, even from from as uh, you know from the consultancy perspective as well, a lot of people you know, look at Nigeria and they and they say then they see the framework agreements and models and they want to adopt something very similar in their host countries, in their home countries. So I think um it's it's a really good uh, as I stated before, I mean I, I arrived in Nigeria um about two months ago and the kind of activity that I've seen so far is astronomical. You know, nobody's the the marginal bid fields going on, the LNG train seven um, Mr. Dangotti's refinery. There's there's so much. Yeah, there's, there's a few things you just brought up right there. We're going to talk about next week if we can. We okay. yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> the other yeah, especially the the um, the marginal fields there in the last bid, which is fantastic. Yeah. it was good. To, it was good to see that many people involved with it. Good to see that many companies. So, but I mean, sure. yeah. here they're talking about not only you know the hydrocarbon part of the business, but uh, maritime security too, and that's not that's not typically something that you that you see two countries um, talking about, especially just directly behind um, a hydrocarbon MOU. So there must be some ideas there between, you know, over border share and production pipelines, or there must be something, something else going on in the background that we, that we just are not privy to right now. I think, I think you're absolutely right, Greg. And I think a lot of this has to go, it has a lot to do with inward uh, investment and attracting investment opportunities as well. I mean, you know, you know, yeah, when you're walking, hard to get investors whenever you can't get your rig out there and work. I mean, yeah, for sure. exactly, Greg. You know, and you know, safety is always number one. No matter how, what our schedule of work looks like, how are you going to attract the investment if you know you've got a piracy issue or if you've got some sort of offshore issue going on and you know your people aren't safe so i think there's a lot to be said with with nigeria sharing that kind of model and that insights as to how they've dealt with certain issues as well i agree 100 uh, percent if if all if well, i'll say if all if more than one or two of the countries three of the countries you know came together and created some kind of you know maritime security detail or something there that would be that would be fantastic yeah, that would be super. That would be really good. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. We will uh, go back through to see if we've got any questions or comments, Arvi. Um, okay. Greetings, everyone. Um, we're just getting to the end of the show here. Um, look, there's some people from Kenya and Indonesia. Um Ali, uh, apologize. We we typically uh, talk about Mozambique every show, but this seems to be the only show that we are not talking about Mozambique. So sorry about that, but we'll see what we can do about the next show. Sure. Um, as well as the Egypt, mar- Egypt market, there's been a, quite a bit of um, uh, media over the last week, week and a half, come up about uh, the Egyptian market. So we'll see what we can add in for next week. Um, let's see. We have some people in from Mexico, Pakistan, Peru. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all for the comments. So, wow. We've had quite a lot of people. We've, got, um, we've had a good uh, global presence today. Those yeah, I like, I like it. I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's the if you're just joining, yeah. This, so this is this is um, um, mine and Harvey's little take here. Hey, Guiana just popped in, so welcome to the show. Great. Big big oil field down there. So yeah, 
Huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is mine and Arby's. Uh, we try to do one weekly, but when we, if we're both traveling and sometimes it falls off the map, but that's okay. When we catch back up, it's usually a pretty good session. But yeah, Arby covers a lot of stuff in um, in Africa. Uh, she's um, very talented uh, contract specialist. So her take on some things in country is uh, is worth listening to. So um, and me myself, I'm just a just a, a rig hand, uh, and I mean that's. You know, and my take my take on it is uh, from the rig side. Arby's take on it is from the contract side. So we're more than happy to share a laugh and you know have a good time here. Cypress, Cypress, Cypress is in the house. <laughs> yeah, hey, Paul, welcome, welcome. Paul and I used to work together years ago, so I say last Super. year. But yeah, really cool, fantastic. All right. So, so Greg, are you are you are you traveling? Are you going to be traveling around sometime soon, or? Um, uh, it's. I'm not 100% sure yet. I think I'm, I think I'm where I'm at here for another couple of weeks, but um, okay. there may be a potential um, visit to uh, Sri Lanka and maybe um, another round back by Cyprus before it's all over with. So we'll see. Okay. Very good. All right. Okay. But everything, so- every, everything, everything can change at, uh, at a moment's notice. So <laughs> I know the feeling, I know the feeling, Greg. <laughs> Well, I think that's it for us this week. Um, and thanks for everybody for visiting with us. And Arvin, we'll see if we can't catch up with you next week. Absolutely. Greg, look forward to it. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone. Bye. You've been watching West Africa Weekly, a live series brought to you by Riglinks and Arvi Kornar. Your hosts have been Greg and Arvi. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at info at riglinks.com. Tune in next Thursday at 8 a.m. CST for another live episode. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.